0: more to come. PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, senior news editor of Publishers Weekly and co-editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. Well, we're back on the floor of uh, of the Javits Center, but this time we're not here for the the giant New York Comic-Con media show. We're here for uh, Anime NYC, uh, New York's newest uh, Asian pop, Festival, and we're here with Terrence Urban's graphic novel buyer at Kinoponia. And does that? Did I get it right? Yeah. All did. right. Okay. I just want to make sure. And also manager. May, and man, okay, that's not saying I may mean, have like left something out. Sales manager, promotion, sales promotioner, and I guess cheap otaku in some ways. No. No. Okay. That's not okay. He's not claiming <laughs> that But I'm all right, cheap Terrence, otaku. thank you so much for being on. More to come again. Thank you again. You've been on multiple times. Yeah. Always appreciate it. Well. Thank you. You've got great perspective We're standing here In the middle of the floor Yeah uh, In the Kinokuniya Bookshop area yeah. And there are people Streaming around Yeah um, So yeah, yeah. So uh, you're a bookseller So I guess you're here
1: Selling books I'm selling books Doing it all You know Register work Security work Yeah yeah okay, Customer okay. service work There we go you know, all types of work. There's no drug dealing involved. Yeah, but, okay, that's so, it. But I feel it's like. Not the, that kind
0: of retail. You can, you can, right. <laughs>
1: well, there is a lot of pushing, a lot of pushing uh, of books. So. Well,
0: that, yes, well, that's what we want to hear about. Right. So tell us, um, yeah, yeah, okay, this is, we're here on Sunday. This right. is, uh, it, uh the, the show least. I guess started it's Thursday. Thursday. It's Thursday, yeah, yeah. No, no, Friday. Friday, Friday. okay. Friday, Friday. So
1: how's business? It's good. Uh, yeah, it's really good. It's very exhausting, actually. Um, yeah. that means that we're doing our job. We're, here for the customers, here for the fans, and also providing them with a lot of what they've not only expected, but what they didn't expect, and which has been a good surprise for them as well as for us for the sales on it. So it's been really good. So
0: there's a lot of tables here with stuff face-up. So what do
1: we got? What kind of stuff are you selling? Uh, It's mostly art books, actually. Uh Um, Sometimes we bring in manga, but this year we decided to keep it very, very, very much focused on art books. Uh, And it's related to um, popular properties like you know, fake material, like fake Grand Order, fake mm-hmm. Stay Night, that type of stuff, mm-hmm. Grand Blue Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, another good one that we're doing, um, having some material for right now is for the Persona 5 books, Final Fantasy books, uh-huh. as well as like individual art books for like a lot of big known creators like Otomo, um, Asiro Yuasa. As well as like even groundworks books for My Hero Academia, which is like the most popular. If you know, right if you
0: can't see me, but I have a t-shirt on. Yeah, My he has a Hero Academia. shirt yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean,
1: so do you know who Midoriya is, by the way? I
0: do know he is because okay, so I read the first three volumes of the, um, right. but I fell behind as I do with all manga. I right. blink and they're on uh, volume thirty-seven. Yeah, but I'm really, uh, I loved it. I mean, it, I, it, when I started it, it seems like it was a great superhero parody. Right. I'm told now that the narrative has gotten a little darker and yeah. a little
1: richer. Well, that's that's typical of a shonen. And it, coincidentally, uh, while we were talking, a friend of mine from this dropped by to just give me a fist bump, and so that's how well. Entrenched the actual event is Like This is the first year That Biz actually came Yeah, yeah, yeah So you were here, were you here last year? Because yeah, that was yeah. the first year Yeah, first yeah. year And then I had discussions with them On trying to get them to come And they said They were very cagey They were like Well, we're what? not sure If we're going to come Blah, blah, blah But it was good That they showed up yeah. And um, regarding my hero You know, it's typical Of any type of shonen Where, you know Once they get past The initial offering Of getting somebody Really entrenched Into the series That's when you get More of the how do you put it? You have more of the the darker elements, as you mentioned, coming into the story for Gravitas. So that way you feel like you're developing your awareness of, of not only the story, but your interest in the characters going into the story as they move further along. So yeah, and a- I need to catch up, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but I re- I just thought it was very funny,
0: really well illustrated. Yeah. But uh, So I've got to catch up on the storyline, which yeah. I intend to do. Yeah, it's really
1: good. I just, It took me by surprise, because there's a lot of shonen manga and anime that's... Pretty much a retread of everything, going all the way back Mm. to like, you know, One Piece and Naruto, and and before that, of course, with Dragon Ball. You know, the whole hero's journey thing that there's always been a a staple in 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 um shounen manga. But it's really well crafted. It's really really well drawn, and it's doing very well for them. Well, it is kind of the new generation of manga uh, super bestseller.
0: Yeah, I mean, following you know something like Naruto. Because yeah. it's a, I mean it's a world where basically everyone has a super, uh, a superpower. Right. Some of them kind of feeble. Right. But it's it, but the narrative has grown
1: since then and it's got it's got to be it's like a global bestseller when, for when you, for Viz. Exactly. And when you look at manga like One Piece and One Punch Man and My Hero Academia, the commonality of them all is that basically they're very easy to for you to jump right in. Not saying you have to jump in later, but jump in from the first volume you stick with that because It's not convoluted with storylines that build upon it and build upon it that you don't need to basically figure out. And I hate to say it, it's one of the situations that have made superhero comics in this industry very difficult to actually not only match the sales of of manga right now, but also to bring new readers in without having to use like a movie or other types of gateway products to go in and media releases to go in because it's convoluted with just too much going on. And if you can start a new X-Men series and keep it just simple and keep going with the simplicity of it all, go, even if you get to 200 issues or more, then you're you're doing a, a lot for yourself by making sure that you can keep fans in and getting newer fans to come in. No, the, I think the, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think we're seeing DC right now trying, trying to, do, to do, that do that with Black right. Label. Yeah. We'll see how that um, well, the, the, pans out. The, the big The big question now is, like, how does January play out when you have Bendis doing the oh, yeah. uh, Young Justice comic and the right. other things that are going to be involved with that universe that he set, that corner of the yeah. universe that he's setting up. And that's very important. Yeah, that's know. right. i forgot
0: forgotten about that. The yeah. old
1: Young Justice line. Exactly. this so, is running. Exactly. So, you know, the thing about it is that, you know, I, I, I love all comics. I, and you know this, Calvin. I, I read oh, everything yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, you know. You're, you, you know it, it, and, but the thing is, now I'm trying to figure out ways to help everybody out and figure out how they can actually get to that level because the success of manga is just unrelenting. I don't want to say it's surprising. I don't want to say it's overwhelming. It's unrelenting. Like it does it just keeps getting bigger. Well it's and, a relief to see that it's rebounded after the uh the,
0: yeah, the, the recession bachelor's. areas. Yeah. yeah the 90s uh, and and, and uh, the red. piracy area not that piracy yeah. doesn't remain an issue, but yes, and and this show is a really good example of that rebound. Um it, although the, the the anime and manga shows never seem to suffer very much. They continue to grow publishing side of it suffer but that seems to be coming back now now it's interesting with this show in light of the fact that uh, this is a non-read show at a read exhibition venue Javits Center and it follows behind the the, uh, the newer uh, what is it anime at Anime fest at NYCC. Well, let's be, let, let's be honest. That anime <laughs> at fest, lunch whatever during they New call York Comic Con. Right?
1: That was a response to how well this anime NYC did last year. Yes, and they tried to trump that and held um, at Pier ninety four. Very yeah. different kind of venue. Yeah, and um, listen, I, I'm not gonna feed air to the fire of like what's going to likely happen in their response to how mm-hmm. the lack of success for pop was. This year for that, and how they might prepare for this year, because word has it, is that it was a very spontaneous, you know, yes. idea for them to actually come up. They didn't with that. announce it till like July. Exactly,
0: <laughs> but, July
1: for an October show. Exactly. I mean, that's
0: a little start. That's a, you know,
1: <laughs> but and, and they did ask us for our support, but given that we had very very much high interest in this in this actual show right now, yeah. From, and you're already in the Javits. During, cause that's the other show, they right. were in two places. Right. So you would have had to set up two stores. Yeah, and that, that we weren't gonna do. Or <laughs> we would have just separated from where we were, and that, we what? were making inroads, because here's yeah. the thing, when we sat down with Left Field to discuss how we The organizer part, of this right. show, of yeah. the, of the Anime NYC Exactly. Me, so we were part of the, the actual early, you know, talks about putting a show in New York, and- Yeah. And our perspective was that we wanted to, Basically, be able to do a con that can work for us within the within the local area that we don't have to travel to, yeah. and to help also distinguish ourselves from what we're doing at New York Comic Con. So, mm-hmm. what we do at New York Comic Con is very comics and graphic novels related, mm-hmm. and what we do here is basically our bread and butter. Yeah. And so, there which was is m- Asian
0: material, Asian right. related yeah, material. Exactly. Uh, so we
1: did art books, manga, blah blah blah. <laughs> exactly. So we didn't want to basically. Leave something that we helped start, yeah, and um, and there would be no reason to. So and people that we knew that, but yet they asked us anyway. there was no way we were going to be a part of that. Yeah, yeah. So this. well, it's, it's interesting. Well, it's pretty clear where they say that they're
0: going to really work to grow it. I'm curious to see where that leads them. I think they've got a trouble. Of, the venue is a problem. Well, yeah. It seems to me
1: Timing is important And you know The, the dirt of the conventions And exhibitions Going on even at the Javits alone for a year yeah. It's very hard to schedule out Because when we first Started talking about this Two years ago We were trying to get Dates that was in April and May And we couldn't Work that out Because there were Other conventions yeah. Happening in other parts Of the country That would conflict With that music. Oh yeah it that's the important. other thing Yeah, right. You know, can
0: your, the people you want
1: right, Come Or right. are, are they at Some other show Exactly <laughs> And, you know, I never liked the idea of doing November. And after that mild snowstorm we had on Thursday night, I was thinking (laughs) to myself, this is probably (laughs) the answer I got just a year later. But actually, no, the weather turned out good. Thanks to climate change. It didn't last really long. Exactly. (laughs) And, And the people have turned out. And from what I heard from left field, the ticket sales was exactly where they, what they were. What, hoping
0: what are for. they? I've got, haven't actually talked with them and I will. Uh, but I don't have they given you projections about what the crowd
1: should yeah, be? Yeah, but I'm not allowed to tell you. You're not about allowed to tell me. Things. Okay, right. that's fine. But huh. it was ideal for that. Yeah. And um basically, they're looking to hopefully expand next year and we hope to play a part in that expansion as well. that's
0: interesting. I mean, for those of you who have been to the Javits Center, it takes up about a third of the main exhibition floor. Right. And then you, it just continues down. It takes, The top, that's the south end. This is the south end of the hall. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a lot of cosplaying down in the D.C. area, it would be during New York Comic Con. Right. And then down one more level to... To the, uh, panel area, mm-hmm. the, the,
1: I think that's the E line or something. Yeah. Yes. That's where the panels go on yeah. and some other events. And so. there's a lot of big panels that were happening here. I mean, a lot of great acts. Mm. Um, Any song brought in um, Morning Musume here, as well as other pop, um, idol acts. Yep. Um, then there was also uh, a lot of
0: screenings going on. A lot on. of screenings, a
1: lot of events, like for example, I mentioned with like Fake Grand. Mm. It was a big event for that. So there was a lot of big things that also helped us out because we prepared ourselves for the material that we would bring mm. for those fans who have interest in those, you know, those properties. So. Well, you got
0: a nice spacious area here right at the front of the hall. Mm. I mean, I've, I've been here, this is the second day I've been here, there's people in here at all times, everybody's browsing, yeah. big face-out tables, yeah. it's every bookseller's dream, yeah. well, lots we, of people and lots of face-out display. What yeah. What more can you ask for? Well, yeah,
1: I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the good thing about having a nice little deal and a setup with the organizers where we have enough space to showcase, mm. and um. It's really a blessing, actually. It helps us out because it gives people the chance to explore and take note of things and then basically decide on whether you're going to buy today or buy buy tomorrow. Because the one thing that was grateful, that I'm grateful for with this convention, is that unlike what occurred in the last couple of years with New York Comic Con, is that you can't buy an actual four-day pass or or a, a pass that you can use throughout several days at the con. And so repeat customers has been a blessing for any retailer at a convention sure if you have a lot of people who want to buy some a, a ticket that they can come like a friday or a sunday yeah instead of like trying to figure out whether they can purchase a friday or a saturday yeah. or a sunday here there was many opportunities for people to buy passes we were actually selling passes at our store ourselves cool. which gave people the opportunity to actually take those opportunities as well and it worked out for us. We had people come in one day and then show up two days later yeah. or come in the next day or so forth. How much so, are the tickets? Oh, uh, I barely remember, but they're under, the three day is $65 alone. Uh, oh, okay. So yeah. you can imagine, I think, the, oh yeah, the Friday and the Sunday is 40 and Saturday is a 50 and the three day was 65. Uh-huh. So wow. that's great. That's amazing. Three days for 65. That's, exactly, that's great. Exactly. And as you see, you hear a lot of,
0: even energy. if you only come two days, you made your money. <laughs> That's
1: what I'm saying. In, in fact, I'm not allowed to say how much we made, but okay. <laughs> we made our money yesterday. So awesome. we're just we're just kind of chilling and hoping to make extreme profit today. Awesome. So, well, um, yeah. Well, it, well, it looks like it will. Like I said.
0: Uh, it's bustling here today. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, you you kind of mentioned you really see that this show is going to grow. Uh, it is gonna they're grow, pretty yeah. sure it's yeah. going to grow. So that's going to be anxious to see going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, uh, the culture around manga, and anime, and, and Asian pop never died away. It was a blip on the publishing side, but it seems as though the book market, the manga market, mm-hmm. is back in full force. Yeah, uh, there's new a new generation of bestsellers. You mentioned My Hero Academia is one yeah. of Tokyo goes. Yeah. Uh, Ghoul, you mean. Yeah. Tokyo Ghoul's Ghoul. excuse yeah. right. me. I mean, so it, it's, um, you know, the, the Asian pop world, uh, it's doing its thing. Yeah. And they're doing it right here at the Javits Center. Yeah, and, and, you know, let me give a shout-out oh, to... And you have, wait a minute, you were doing some events yesterday. I'm I, oh, I, yeah, I, yeah. jumping in because I was going I, to mention it now, I, I, I totally forgot. forgot about that. Range Murata, And Hiro-
1: Hiroyaki Asada. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, so um, Dempa helped us out with that because they just put out the English edition of, of Ranji Murata's um, Future Log. As well as putting out the English edition of Pez, and we happen to have basically the Japanese editions of both. But they were able to help us out with right. doing the signing so we could carry their editions. Well. And there was
0: a new a new publisher. Um, yeah. If I, as a, my, I'm mistaken, we're yeah. trying to do a story about him. Um, Ed Chavez, formerly yes. of Vertical, yes. is running the show there, good as man. I understand. A, good guy, good, good long, yeah. super experienced. Yeah. Uh, in Manga Publishing yes, uh, yes. in Japan and here yes. really an amazing background yeah. so we're going to try and track him down at some point too and get some more information about Denpa you Dimpa. should and
1: um, we're we're heavily supportive of them since day one um, well not necessarily day one of course but what yeah, I mean yeah. is like just meeting it for the first time even though we met years ago actually I yeah. just can't remember where but like hearing what the what Denpa's plans are all together for for not only their mission, but also what they have for years to come. All right. We definitely want to support them on that. We have, hopefully, a lot of plans in the future to do with them time in, time out, throughout the years, actually. So all we'll right, see. more
0: to come on DEMPA, because I don't yeah. know too much
1: about them at all. Um, but 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 they're the best new manga publisher out. Okay. Do you know how many? <laughs> what? Do you know how many titles they coming uh, out? Right now they just have Pez and Future um, Log, and
0: uh, there's another one I'm but forgetting on top of my head. Yeah. All right. But I got have a lot coming. Though. I got to
1: chase down
2: it,
0: yes. which I'm going to do. Yeah. All right. Well, look, this is great, Terrence. Always great to talk to you. Thank um, you. You know, we're right here in the belly of the beast. Where yeah. else would we want to be? Thanks yeah. so much for being on More to
1: Come. Thank you again, sir. And thank you for saving my career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't believe him.
3: <laughs> hi, welcome to More to Come, PW Comics World's weekly podcast of comics and graphic novel news. I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm live at Comic Arts Brooklyn, here in Brooklyn. Uh, and I'm talking to David Samlin. David, hi. How's it going?
2: Pretty good.
3: Yeah, So, David, I'm standing in front of your table. You have uh, probably the most expensive book here. I'm not sure. It's uh, $7,000.
2: Yeah, can you just for show.
3: Yeah. What, can you tell us what this book is?
2: It's uh, one of, it's the third, third volume of a series of books called 76 Manifestations of American Destiny about American history, um, and based on kind of Yoshitoshi's 100 Aspects of the Moon. This was a retelling of Japanese history through myth and monsters. And tragedy and violence sometimes do the same for American history.
3: Well, it's a, you can hear David talk about it, but trust me, it's absolutely spectacular. I will have some photos of it up on the beat if you want to see it. Now, David, you are a veteran. I don't like to say people have been around a long time because
2: that makes it sound awful. But uh,
3: you're a veteran. You were you go back to the days of Raw, right?
2: Right. I finally got, got in Raw when it was, became a small book, but still in there nonetheless.
3: Right, right. And obviously you have art exhibits and make prints and, you know, do all sorts of incredible uh, stuff. So, you know, what's what's um, what's your biggest observation of the change and how this kind of work is uh, received since since the Raw days?
2: Um, I just think that, like, it's a real flourishing of it. Like, there's so much going on right now, like a real golden edge for independent comics.
3: Yeah. And you're starting a new comic now, right?
2: Yeah, I'm still working on a graphic novel. I just wanted to do a Rezo version. I like having something affordable for here. So I did a first section of my graphic novel, Bell Faust. and then also brought a catalog that shows my books and paintings that I did just this year.
3: Yeah, that's called The Paintings of David Sandler.
2: Sleep of History. Right. It's called Sleep of History.
3: Do you find you have more raw material to work with these days, uh, speaking of American history?
2: Too much. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, uh, your work is I did at- a
2: book this year. I did it last year. still have it, unfortunately. It's called Bright House by the Trump era.
3: Yeah, it just gets more and more accurate with each passing day. So, all right, well, we stay away from politics, but uh, here on more to come. But um, uh, anyway, you will find us at David. Now, so if you're not here at CAB, where can we find your work?
2: At uh, Desert Island, Printed Matter, and um, Owen Jim's Gallery. Oh,
3: can you uh, purchase it online as well?
2: Um, if I get run right to build it.
3: Okay, well, uh, we urge you to do that because this stuff is absolutely amazing, uh, and beautiful. So, uh, David, thanks for taking a couple minutes
2: to talk to us. Okay, thanks. Oh, no, I love it. you
3: yeah, surprised. It. Uh, hi, Heidi McDonald here, live at Cab. Uh, I've caught up with Frank Santoro. Frank, how's it going? Very well. I
4: love being here at Comics Art Brooklyn.
3: Yes, indeed. Well, Frank, you were a previous guest on More to Come, uh, talking about your school yeah. in Pittsburgh, your yeah. comic book dojo, as you yeah, called it. Yeah. Uh, with cots and mats and masters with kendo sticks beating, uh, Just the floor. The yeah, floor.
4: yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, but anyway, I thought it'd be nice to kind of catch up and see where you're at now. So that was yeah. a couple years ago. I
4: think. Yeah, it was a couple years ago. School's going pretty good, you know. Uh, we have uh, students coming in. We have somebody coming in from Italy uh, next uh, month, I believe. And um, it's going well. Uh, the online stuff has slowed down a little bit. So you people out there who want to sign up for that online course, I would love it. But, you know, it's interesting because there's more and more comic schools now. So, you right. know, I used to be one of the few games in town, me and, me and James and Tom. Now, you know, it's, it's a whole different world. So so I'm focusing on my uh, my French cartooning career. So
3: ah, you know. okay. Well, uh, yeah, you have a book that's out in France, correct?
4: Yes, and then it's going to be published uh, next year by Newark Review Comics in the fall of uh, yeah, 2019.
3: Oh, wow. What's it called? Pittsburgh. Now, just for those who don't know, Frank lives in Pittsburgh. So, what is the book about?
4: The book is about uh, my parents. Uh, it's a you know, it's a memoir. My mom was in high school while my dad was in Vietnam. My dad survived Vietnam and then uh, got married and had a family. And um, I just tell that story because you know so, they now they haven't spoken to each other for longer than they were married.
3: Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, no. uh, so, um. Do you bored. want to get into
4: the comics gossip? Do you want to cut right to no, it? No, no,
3: no, no, no. I was just going to ask you, are your parents, Paradi- Santoro, is yeah, that San I- Italian? Yeah, is Italian.
4: Italian. So my dad's Italian. My mom's Irish. Classic Catholic combination.
3: Ah, yes. I have found that many times these, uh, these unions are drawn together by passion, but they don't last that <laughs> that's, long. That's
4: very true. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, the market research has come back and that has yeah. been found to be very true.
3: Yes, yeah. yes. So I was kind of guessing that maybe that was the case with your parents.
4: Yeah. And who knew that there was one side of town that was just Irish and the other side of the town was Italian. And there was a scandal that they would actually get together. It was pretty crazy. Right, right, right.
3: Yeah. I, I think your friend needs you for a minute now, do you? Um, oh, okay. Anyway. Um, well, uh huh, yeah, you you were holding up a, book, a copy of the book earlier, and it says quite substantial. I mean, it's how it's, many pages? It's
4: it's uh, it's, uh God, how many pages is it? It is two hundred and twenty four pages. Wow, yeah. I didn't even know. Oh, here's some. It he was give even you even yeah uh, two hundred twenty four pages? Could you even do two hundred twenty four page book in November back in the day? Like the idea, like did you think that Berlin would be published as a giant one giant book or would it be issues? Yeah, you know, I don't know, do you get into the Dave Sim phone book idea then? At that point, or you know, so. right?
3: Well, interesting. I haven't seen you for a while, actually. I mean, I think I missed you uh, out the circuit this year. So, yeah, um, I didn't, yeah. yeah. But I mean, tell me you Frank. You're a keen observer of the comic scene. I mean, this is the end. I, I call Cab is certainly the end of the, the, the season, road. Yeah. The end of the season yeah. for most of us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What you know? What's what, what was your take on? This, this, this year. year's
4: circuit. I didn't do as many shows this year just because um, I, uh, I think I got burned out a little bit. I think a lot of us are feeling, you know, there was 10 years ago there were only a handful of shows. You know, there was the Mocha, SPX, uh, and that was it. And then TCAP came around, and then, you know, now CAB. So it's just like, plus San Diego if those of us who do it. And then, uh, you know, I, I, I get exhausted. So, I focus on fewer shows, and Cab is just a preeminent. You know, it's all you gotta do the New York show. I don't do New York Comic Con, so I, I think this is my New York show. Right. I love coming here. Dave is great. This is a great show, um, great space. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I'm, 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 I don't feel fatigued this year because I think I was able to. Uh, 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 pace myself, right. unlike yourself, who, yeah. Who, who really went for it? Oh show. God, I know, and yeah. I am
3: just so done. So <laughs> looking forward to spending the winter at home in my tiny hovel. Now, are you going to go to Anglem this
4: year, like yeah. other years I've seen? No,
3: I went earlier. I went this year in 2018, but uh, I think I can only do that show every couple of years. Yeah. Although I'm fascinated, I wish I could because it's the one of the very rare new you, you, United States years with Corbin. Yeah. Oh, as the Grand oh, Marshal. Oh. oh. And I didn't um, know that yeah. Show, yeah, are you going? You're not going. I'm going this year. Oh my book, yeah. well, then Frank, you could be my. I, who I would love to do I could maybe get a so. scoop
4: with with both. Yes,
3: yes. But, you know, in France, could I even get close to him? I know, right? know, yeah, We'll try. Well, he's a. Uh, uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure. I mean, he's an older man. Uh, yeah. He's in his seventies. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Do you how... think he looks like Den? Do you think oh, he looks like his characters? I don't. I. I'm not sure. Uh, so look, Frank. Let me ask you this though. Uh, I was there last year when they announced that Corbin was going to be the Grand Marshal. and uh, you know, There was controversy around there? There was controversy in my house because, uh, let's face it, there's only ever been three Americans, right? New yeah. were, won the Grand Prix. Yeah. It was uh, Spiegelman, right? Right, right. Uh, then Waterston. Right. No. no and
4: you were there the year
3: Waterston. It, right, right, yeah. right, right, right. So RBDI might go, Americans win uh, and now Richard Parben.
4: Well, because you know he's very popular over there, so that's the only, I understand maybe the the, the concern. However, he's extremely popular. Over there. So I don't mean that that makes it any better. However, you know, well, um, I know where you where
3: you're going. With yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I'm not putting his work down at all. Yeah. But I yeah. think if you were to say, you know, who balance. are who are the three most important American cartoonists <laughs> on the world stage? I doubt that Corbin yeah. would be one he's that... Yeah, like one of those kind of like
4: lifetime achievement It is, it like is, it is. Academy awards Yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, like the guy that he kind of has... I'm not saying he's a daughtery or something, but, you know, they know he's getting up there. And, you know, yeah. this is taking a weird turn of an interview, but I, 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 I yeah, I, I think there would be more deserving American cartoonists, particularly of maybe a different gender... You know, right. so um, yeah if we could you know, get Carol Tyler over there well
3: you know. yeah but uh I mean listen we're I'm not putting down the work of Richard Corbin uh, but uh you know he did draw a lot of like Conan takeoffs that were about naked women I guess I am a little bit he's a great artist though I'm not well, that's a different era so yeah, just, yeah, yeah, it, yeah it is yeah. no but it's just really interesting I think a lot of times people Watterson Corbin Watterson, Corbin, Corbing. Spiegelman, yeah, yeah well, uh, there you go, That's a, that is a wide range. But I guess what I was getting at is, like, you have a French publisher, and you have been to Angoulême several times, and I think until you go to Angoulême and you go to France, you don't really quite understand the French it's, attitude yeah. it's, about it's, a lot yeah, of things. Right,
4: but it's like, it's also so vast, it's awesome. like awesome. too... San Diego Comic Con, Right Because it's like Spread out through the town And everything But no I know what you're getting at I was just in Italy I went to a couple shows In Italy And um, You know The attitudes are very different There also But then You know But then like Jose Munoz is like Walking around Right You know Or like Some of the greats Are like walking So they put the mainstream And the alternative together Whereas And even in France They do that Whereas here You don't see that so much. We have our own show here at Cab, and then you have New York Comic Con completely separate. And so it's an interesting dynamic. Right, right.
3: Yeah, Yeah, and I think Cab has often been kind of open to... Uh, some mainstream influence. Mainstream. I mean, not so much this year. I think it's, it's really kind of, uh, I remember Gabe
4: once tried to get Barry, I think maybe Dan, it was when it was BCGF, they tried yes. to get Barry Windsor Smith and he would not come. Um,
3: right, right. Yeah. yeah, I think, yes, you're right. I think it might have been the older edition of this that had the more mainstream influence. But, uh, you know, it's all good. It's all comics. Um yeah, what do you, what do you see from your students these days? What are they, what are their, you know what's interesting is um uh I've just noticed
4: that there's just uh better uh just you know, the I like I remember making a blog post less than ten years ago where I counted the number of comics drawn in pencil on the shelf and they were about five. Mm-hmm. And I could, you know, rattle them off but I won't bore everybody. But now just like the pencil, pastel, watercolor, like you know, the printing technology is such as we're seeing such a proliferation of full-color comics and not just traditional media comics that you saw this somewhat in the 80s with your moon shadows and your other uh, Kent Williams, you know, Havoc and Wolverine type of things. But then now you see that, like, art things, The art school comics thing has really come home to roost. And I just see this... Like, I remember once we had a talk, like, art our, Art our, our comics is sort of a dead end. Oh, and yeah, that
3: was my dumbest statement no, no, ever. No, no,
4: no, no, but that was a good conversation. You know, I understand where you were going with that, because at the time, that was the perception. I'm just saying now it's it's the tipping point has happened, and you just see these different kinds of comics, and I think this show is a testament to that, but that's even going into the mainstream now. Where you see just, uh, these kind of full color comics, with no black line, and you can do that,
3: and, you know. Oh, absolutely. I like, mean. You know,
4: Vanessa Del Rey. Or oh, yeah. Kind of, you
3: know, we're starting to see also, I feel like, kind of a little bit of resurgence in the digital realm, too. Yeah. I think that... Uh, there was a big push when a- iPads came out, and then it kind of yeah. faded away. But I do think a lot of artists are kind of doing some of these digital yeah. things that, again yeah, as Yeah, well. that
4: Mike Sands, you know, it's Iron Man, man. graphic novel from 30, 30 years ago. Yeah, that yeah, looks
3: great. yeah. I know, I know. No, but I mean things that are presented no, on I, the I internet. Yeah, the animals. No, but I, you no, know. I think, uh, you know, people, it, it comes and goes. There's always styles. I noticed this year that, um, Uh, As I did the debut column that I try to do every year, Uh, a lot of the younger cartoonists are doing things that do are kind of story-based. A lot of science fiction comics, actually.
4: Yeah, a lot of people love that science fiction stuff. Yeah, I I, I love science fiction. However, uh, it is interesting. It's like, you know, I just, I mean, like, my God, that new Tilly Walden comic is like, it's a big science fiction book, but it's like, I just can't, like, something like that is so massive that I just can't even imagine something like that existing Ten years ago, so just like the the change is so monumental in the last ten years, and we've seen it, but I don't even think you know we have a handle on it yet. We need another ten years to really see how much the change has been since the great graphic novel renaissance right. of two thousand seven yeah. or whatever.
3: It was. Right, right, right. Well, uh, it sounds like uh, you're still optimistic about where all this is going. Yeah, I'm
4: optimistic because Dash Shaw can make a full, you know, full. <laughs> hand-drawn uh, animation and have it, you know, distributed in theaters and, you know, like, they it's just like, there's open, new roads are always opening up for comics in ways that I really don't think we could have imagined 10 years ago. Yeah. Anime, so. Yeah.
3: There's far fewer concrete roadblocks that are insurmountable. I thought you are going to make a, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I love Frank. He gets all my old 80s comics references, and he's not even as old as I am. So, but you still have that storage unit with all this stuff? Oh, of comics? course, absolutely. Anytime you want to come help me clean it out, baby, I've got to do a massive clean out now. I ran out of room. It's like I literally have to shove the door. Right. Man, that's <laughs>
4: well,
3: Isn't that anytime. why you got a dojo?
4: That's right, because I just, it's secretly just my comics compound. So, if anybody wants to come visit my comics compound in Pittsburgh is more than
3: welcome. Yeah. Uh, well, just one more plug here. You do have an online correspondence for us, right? Yes, glad to Are yes. you
4: still going to keep doing it? Yes, yeah, of course. It's uh, So, if you, anybody wants to check that out, it's comicsworkbook.com, and they can check me out at Santoro School at gmail if you're interested and yeah, the online stuff is great. And you know, I'm I've just you know, I had a couple students come up to, to me today, and it was like a a really interesting. You know, they're very very uh, helpful in, in making you feel optimistic about the future, right? Because they come by and say, "Wow, your course actually really helped me focus on things." And I just and I don't mean it as like trying to plug my school. No, I no, no, no. Mean no. it more like like we're actually trying to like comics is a you know. It's a language that we all love to like, uh, participate
3: yeah. in. Yeah, it's a language we all love to speak, Frank. That's it. Right. That's it. Well, <laughs> thank you so much. Heidi. Thank you. Thank you. I sit coughing in your face. Anyway, all right. Thanks, Frank. All right.
0: Ciao. All right. Welcome to More to Come, PW Comics World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly, co editor of PW Comics World. Check us out. Online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. Okay, here we are on the floor of the, of the Comic Arts Brooklyn, the annual indie and self-published comics festival in Brooklyn, uh, sponsored by Desert Island Comics. But we're here with a friend of the show, multiple interviewee <laughs> yeah. on more to come Hartley Lynn uh, you were Ethan really back in the day uh, <laughs> yeah. magically Hartley magically transformed yes. into my real self yes welcome back to more to come thank you yeah so look I, one of the things I, w- uh, I wanted to talk about we interviewed you uh yeah. in the Pope Hats era <laughs> now we're in the Young Francis era your That's book right. has been released uh also it seems as it was named one of PW's best books of 2018 uh best graphic novels of 2018 yeah, thank you for that yeah well Incredible. you know well thank you for making the book and uh, and um uh yeah tell us about t- well, But first before we get started could you tell our listeners cuz i'd love to hear you describe describe the the plot the story the of Young Francis
5: Oh, okay. Um, Not to put you on the spot. Yeah, no, it's a a fairly realistic story about two young women and uh, how they uh, get more involved in their careers over time and how it affects their uh, perspective on life and their friendship. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the other great thing about the book also is that... um,
0: you know, it, it, it does seem to look into the heart, like, what is the best way to spend my time yes. on yeah. this planet? Yeah. Now, uh, They both seem to be asking this question in different ways.
5: Yeah, I think, I mean, the main character, Frances, she gets to a point where she can see her life easily laid out, following the same job. And uh, I think uh, I've been in the same situation, not uh, with the uh, field of corporate law, but in my case, it was... Uh, uh, government work, uh-huh. um, and I think it's just something that a lot of people go through when they uh, end up in office jobs, um, and uh, it's kind of a question of like security versus risk in mm-hmm. a lot yeah. of cases. sure, sure. Yeah.
0: So the book, uh, well, you, the, the serialized version was published by Ed House for uh, for a few years. When did you, when did you start? Pope Hats in its original,
5: and why, why why the switch in title? Why yeah? Tell us. Well, them, I began I I began Pope Hats in I think around two thousand and nine, going way back uh, from a, a Zarek Foundation grant. So I actually self published the first grant, I, sorry, the first issue with that uh, self publishing grant, mm-hmm. and then I met uh, Chris Pitzer of AdHouse, mm-hmm. and he offered to uh, continue publishing the series. Mm-hmm. So that was a a lucky street for me because very few publishers actually uh, publish like comic book series in the indie yeah, world. Sure, I know that at the time I think John and Quarterly was uh, kind of closing down the right. crickets and all that stuff, so I that was like a really good kind of uh, uh, timing for me. Um, and Popat's is just kind of a catchy title, I really enjoy. Um, And Young Francis is basically a story that I serialized within Pope Pats. And so when it came to collect it as a graphic novel, I did kind of want to distinguish it from Pope Hats because I want to continue Pope as Uh, sort of like a it's like a free form jazz experiment where every issue is different. Yeah.
0: Well, it's interesting because I know I've become so obsessed with the, the young Francis storyline yeah. that, that I've read your other comics too. And I, I, mean, I don't mean to give them short swift because there, there's something to, 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 to pay attention to uh, as well. But, um, I, 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 just associate Poise, Pope Hat so closely with this yeah. particular story. No, I appreciate that, that. But it'll be interesting to see you continue that. You yeah. Know, the serial. It's,
5: it's kind of like a nice situation for me because, uh, gives me the flexibility to do both long form storytelling and also short term projects so I think my next issue of Popat's will likely be um, a lot of kind of formal experiments very short work and that'll just like give me some breathing room in order to ramp up to a uh, bigger project, mm-hmm. a longer story cool. that might take years and years to finish. <laughs> if your
0: background is any any proof of that. Well, well, let me ask you, can, can I? Can you give us any idea of when the
5: next Pope patch might be coming? Um, I, idealistically, it'll be summer of 2019. Okay. So, uh, like, TCAF will mm-hmm, probably yeah. debut it. We'll be there. So, let me ask you, tell, you tell us a little bit about yourself, your, your cartooning. Where are you from? I'm from uh, Toronto, uh-huh. and I now live in Montreal. Yeah. Uh, I never went to art school. I kind of always did art as a as a side thing like it was my secret life from my office job and then after receiving a couple grants and you know doing it for years in terms of like you know zine festivals small press shows um, I decided to take the leap and do it full-time. Yeah. I've been taking it ever since. Like, my dream has always been to just work on books. Yeah. And now I find myself doing that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, now you've got well, one out. Now, you've been on a book
5: tour a little bit. You've been traveling yeah. a little bit. Yeah, And how has that been? It's been great. It's also been kind of tiring because I... Uh, and guilt-ridden because I just had a baby. Oh, so I that's got, right. Congratulations. Thank yes. you. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. I've got a three-month-old baby at home. And so and you're it, hanging it, out at a bar on Friday night. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I, but I'm still, even after that, I'm getting better sleep than I ever would at home. Okay. But so, I mean, now it's like a bit okay. different for me. The dynamic is like I try to limit my time as much as possible when I go to shows like this. So tomorrow morning I'm like flying right out to get back home. Um, but it's it's amazing you know it's like it's really fun and I you know the worry when you have a kid is that you'll become kind of complacent and just you won't have time yeah. to do work um, I felt at least like emotionally in the last 3 months I've been I've been feeling very inspired and I have Great. like a lot of things on the go yeah
0: well your book is inspiring I mean it really uh, you really bring a lot to the table with this book and everywhere from the drawing to the story to the richness of the characters uh, to the nuance and it's just the fun that it's, you seem to be going through to even when these characters are facing kind of tough decisions yeah. it's just a, it's kind of a delight to follow their antics and their yeah. rest, the way they wrestle with life um, I appreciate that yeah it's it, its really I mean I, uh, the, 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 I, I'm not the graphic novels review editor at PW I actually okay. in the news department department, but Meg Lemke it uh, took her a while to pick it up. She finally read it. She's our reviews yep. editor on maternity leave now herself, okay. um, and she says, "Oh, I love this book." <laughs> so, <laughs> and so I find that reaction happens a lot Thank when, you so I, when I when I the little Young Francis. So, um, uh, look, there was one more question. Like, oh, what, it, just uh, you're back here at Comic Con Brooklyn. Yes. What do you think? Uh,
5: this is your second year, I think. Yeah. Yeah, any comparisons? Yeah, I mean, like last year was the first year they moved the show to Pratt yeah. fr- in this. Uh, very spacious warehouse yeah because you've been there almost every year to yeah i mean Brooklyn show. i took a break but uh i think after that break the first show i did was last year and i you know it's just like a great decision of Gates to move it here because the yeah, crowd is like bustling and uh i think it's amazing it's like and it's one of those shows where it's not you know like one third of the show is interesting work it's, it's like 95 yeah. percent it's Pretty overwhelming. So no, there's a great energy, and Gabe has done a really good job of it. I think. Yeah, no,
0: it, it really is amazing that the, the the amount of really interesting work, new artists, as a, a new emerging artist, old emerging artists. Yeah, well. it's
5: not. You know, it's like it's not only the new kids. It's it's really yeah. like it really um, is a welcoming environment to the kind of like quirky artists of the past, not the past, but like of an older generation. They just feel comfortable at the show. Great. Well, look, Harley. Look, welcome to the world of book. Pop publishing uh
0: you. you done did it <laughs> <laughs> and and what an effort uh
5: so and now i'm waiting to see the next quote Thank uh yes in summer
0: all right yes. great all right so thanks so much for being on more to come again thank you Colin. all right great <laughs> take care
3: okay heidi mcdonald back at comic arts brooklyn uh, and I'm here with Criota Wilbur. Criota, how's
6: it going? It's going really great. Okay. It's been a great show so far. Uh, awesome.
3: So, Criota, you're here with uh, Draw Stronger, published by Uncivilized Books, and uh, which is the self-care for cartoonists and visual artists. Uh, tell us a little bit about. Well, just to throw in here, I'm very, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm promoting a little bit. Criota writes a column for The Beat, so I do know the answers to these questions. But it's so cool to hear about. Uh, Kriota, you are teaching artists about how to take care of their bodies so they don't get in pain. Uh, what made you want to talk about this?
6: So I was teaching... Uh, cartoonists up at the Center for Cartoon Studies, and they were all hunched over their sketchbooks, and I knew that they were going to get injured while they were in school. So I started looking for resources for artists online or a book that would like help them take care of their bodies, and I couldn't find anything that I thought was thorough and comprehensive enough. So I just ended up writing the book because it just seemed like the fastest way <laughs> to write it. Done. Right. And
3: uh and I understand the book is uh actually doing quite well and is, is actually being purchased for some curriculums, correct?
6: Yeah. So some schools are actually using them for their freshman arts student classes, and that's very exciting. Yeah. Um also, a number of different uh, colleges and universities are buying copies for their libraries. So, if you're a broke student, you can at least go to the library and get a read and check it out.
3: Awesome. And, of course, uh, you know, again, you do write a column, an ongoing column for the Beat. Uh, uh, and then you talk a little bit about some case studies in
6: there? So... So, yeah, the column's called Get a Grip, and we talk about a number of different things. So, we're opening up the spectrum of like drawing injury, and I'm saying that with air quotes around it to be to include anything that keeps you from drawing. So, it could be a tendonitis or like a physical injury, but it could also be like an autoimmune disorder, or, like epilepsy, migraine, whatever it is. So, we're looking at health practices, anything that keeps you from getting to your drawing table could be considered a drawing injury. So we're looking at a number of different things, and I'm also interviewing artists about their healthcare care practices and how they cope with their own personal obstacles when it comes to drawing.
3: Do you think that, um, I mean, a hunched over staring at a, uh, a lit screen is not the best thing for a human being, correct?
6: Yes, I would say that we are not even evolutionarily developed to, like, exactly. stare at blowing the screens all day. Right. Um,
3: what are some of the effects that that has on us? So, uh,
6: poor posture is going to cause a number of different problems. It can cause the obvious neck and back pain, but it can also contribute to hand and forearm pain. Because poor posture, even when you're standing, can actually bring on different uh, tendinitises in the shoulders and the arms. Um, And then there's also eye strain. (laughs) Yes. Right? And, you know, that's the other thing. When we talk about taking breaks, you know, people will take a break from their computer, but then they'll get on their phone. So they'll be hunched over the glowing screen of their computer, and then their break will be the glowing screen of their phone, and then stop, really. that's not really
3: great. Right. Right. Well, I'm well aware of that, believe me. Um, yeah, do you think that do you think that there is uh, you know gr- any growing awareness though of how that people need to take care of themselves?
6: I think it really is. I think uh I think that comics make the comics maker community is becoming more and more aware of this and people are much more willing to share their experiences with each other. Plus, the whole field of graphic medicine, which are comics about, like, healthcare care and, like, conversations around health are becoming more popular with readers, but also more popular with cartoonists. So more, more and more cartoonists are, like, actually making work about their drawing injuries or about their chronic health conditions or about, you know, like, acute illnesses, things that suddenly happened that they had to recover from.
3: Now, you are... Uh, you're a self-taught cartoonist an artist, right? Like, when did you start drawing?
6: So I've been drawing my whole life. But, yeah, in certain respects, I am self-taught. Um, and uh, I'm married to the cartoonist Doris Koriak, and I've read comics all my life. So I've had, I had a number of, uh, like you know references for the context of doing this kind of thing but also Bob was a very excellent editor for me and this first starting out with this
3: stuff. yeah it's great to have that uh, you know person at home who can either uh, turn to to help out um, yeah but but you've actually said so, I mean you do other uh, kind of mini comics as well right I mean are
6: you sticking with the anatomical field or so yeah I'm also I'm also a self-taught medical illustrator I do illustrations on occasion for my hip surgeon. <laughs> but um yeah, my the rest of my comics work is all with like medical themes and themes about the body, but a lot of it also has to do with the history of medicine. I was artist-in-residence at the New York Academy of Medicine Historical Collection for a year. And so the next book I'm working on is hopefully going to be a graphic novel about the history of signatures and ligatures, partially done in embroidery and sewing. Now,
3: this sounds like it might be dull, but I'm sure it's not going to be. (laughs)
6: It's not going to be dull, but it's not going to be a straight educational work either. Yeah. Um, Yeah, there will be a section of comics that are a series of Galen, who is like considered second only to Hippocrates. You know, it's going to be called Stitch in Time, where Galen travels through time and performs surgeries with other famous surgeons.
3: Okay, I am 100% sold on that. So, yeah. Uh, so, what else? Is, is that next for you? or like?
6: Yeah, that is next. Um, I'm slowly making my way toward another episode of Stitch in Time, and I'm just starting to build that book. I'm also teaching a graphic medicine seminar at NYU oh, nice. in their humanistic medicine department. So, I'm actually... Um, talking to med students about comics and healthcare, which ah, is very exciting.
3: That's great. Well, it's it's wonderful that somebody is paying attention to this and giving some good, um, you know, actual information about this topic because uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of people out there. A lot of great cartoonists have suffered from RSI, you know, carpal tunnels, and uh, you know, it's not healthy. And um, you know, the more people who know that and get some resources for it, the better.
6: Yeah, we want everybody to be pain-free and drawing and creating comics as much as they possibly can be. Yeah,
3: well, Priota, thank you for your efforts towards that goal. Thank my, you.
6: My pleasure. Thanks, Heidi.